0: My name's Adrian Goldberg and welcome to the Byline Times podcast. The Byline Times, it's what the papers don't say, what radio doesn't report and what telly doesn't tell you. This time a story that was easily missed in the blizzard of ministerial resignations that forced Boris Johnson himself to quit. But the Prime Minister has admitted for the first time that in 2018, when he was Foreign Secretary, he met ex-KGB agent alexander lebedev without any officials being present this was just weeks after the former russian military officer Sergei skripal and his daughter yulia had been poisoned by intelligence officers sent by moscow who were using the ban nerve agent novichok on the streets of salisbury now, this meeting happened when Johnson had made a trip to a restored castle in Perugia in Italy, owned by Alexander Lebvedev's son, Evgeny Lebedev, owner of the Independent and the Evening Standard, for a weekend-long party immediately after attending a summit of NATO foreign ministers in Brussels that had discussed the security situation with Russia. Shortly afterwards, a picture emerged of Johnson at a nearby airport where he told other passengers He'd had a heavy night and they reported that he looked like he had slept in his clothes. We're going to hear in a moment from the Byline Times executive editor Peter Jukes and our Westminster correspondent Adam Bienkoff. First though, just a reminder that the Byline Times survives on subscriptions from ordinary readers to our brilliant monthly newspaper, the Byline Times, edited by Hardeep Matharu. Do take out a subscription if you can. It keeps the Byline Times podcast in business. You'll get details of how to subscribe at bylinetimes.com. That's our news breaking website. That's at bylinetimes.com. First then to Adam Bienkoff from Byline Times, who has been on the trail of this story for years.
1: Yes, yeah, so I first became aware of the relationship between Boris Johnson and Lebedev Jr., Evgeny Lebedev, back in 2011 when he was Mayor of London. And it appeared on the uh, the Mayor's Registers of interests and gifts and hospitality, where he declared that he'd traveled to Italy to meet with Evgeny Lebedev at his villa. And this then subsequently became a sort of annual retreat for Johnson. And he built up a relationship with Lebedev, but also built up a relationship with Lebedev's father, um, Alexander Lebedev, who is, where he describes himself as a former KGB agent. Some people would question whether anyone can. Ever be for, former of the KGB, and he continued this relationship once he stopped being mayor of London and became an MP, and then became a became the foreign secretary. And in two thousand eighteen, the Observer reported that he that Johnson had attended one of these gatherings in Italy, and had also met privately with Alexander Lebedev there shortly after the Sergei Skripal attempted assassination, and that he had abandoned his security team and any officials. Now, this was never commented by Johnson at the time. He, he And over many years, there's been questions put to him about this. And he's refused or, or ignores that, or to answer or ignored those questions. But in a meeting of the liaison committee at the height of the leadership crisis, he was asked directly about this and again tried to evade it and said he wasn't sure about dates, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, after lots of prodding, he did admit for the first time he did have this meeting and that no officials were present. He did slightly try and cover himself and say that he had informed officials, or he actually said that he thinks that he informed officials. But again, as we have reported in in the past, there's no record of this actually in his uh, Foreign Office uh, register. So it doesn't massively move the the story on since we we knew this happened. But for the first time, we
0: we at least now have an admission from the Prime Minister about the, the fact that this meeting took place. The question then is whether this points to any wrongdoing by Johnson or whether simply meeting a former KGB agent is wrongdoing in itself. After all, there is this old saying in Russian, once an agent, always an agent.
1: Well, I mean, on that point of whether he ceased to be uh, part of the KGB, there was a debate on this issue in the House of Commons after the Asin Committee meeting and a Labour MP, Liam Byrne, who has been following this story for a, long, for a long time as well. He said on the House of Commons, under the gift of parliamentary privilege, that he had seen an intelligence report suggesting that Alexander Lebedev still has links with the FSB and also suggested that he has connections to the Russian nuclear programme. Obviously, he said that in Parliament, we don't have any sort of direct evidence of that. We haven't seen that report ourselves. But that there certainly is that question. And there has been a long running question about links between lebedev jr and senior and putin of course uh, canada recently uh, sanctioned alexander lebedev uh, and they said that uh, under the under the justification that he is a uh, a key member of the in their words putin's inner circle so all of this evidence does suggest that there are still strong links between lebedevs and putin no matter how much lebedev jr in in the past year or so has tried to distance himself from russia due to the ukraine invasion
2: can i add some detail to that yeah uh, please um, uh because you know we've been following this story for a long time various journalists in fact it's otto english who first raises it on byline times in 2018 is hearing from a contact in the security services concerns about the ennoblement of baron lebedev of hampton and siberia but we have some, there is an intelligence report, which I've seen, thanks to John Sweeney and Iacopo Iacopini, Italian journalists who got hold of it for the Stamper, from the Italian intelligence services. And their assessment was he was still actively sort of close to Putin. Now, this is a complicated thing about Russian oligarchs, because we have to understand, it's not a set position. There was a time And John Sweeney's report on this when Alexander Lebedev, uh, being the first senior officer in the KGB in London, left to work in the world of media. And was, it seems, you know, again, we've been putting these questions, as Adam has been doing for a decade, almost or like seven or eight years. It would seem he's never replied, worked also alongside Putin, targeting a Russian official with sort of, you know, I don't know, surveillance and compromise. That's in a court case. He might have denied that, so give me his due. But he was close to Putin, and then there is definitely a falling out. There have been other oligarchs in a similar position. A Ukrainian-born, of Soviet-born oligarch, Alexander Tamerko, was very close to Johnson, plotted the downfall of two years of him with Johnson, also fell out with Putin. But something important happened in the early teens, if you like, or around 2012 to 14, when Putin comes back, returns as president, and war in Ukraine actually begins. They begin to turn. We know that Alexander Lebedev was supportive of the annexation of Crimea. I think he said it. I think his son has said it too. But also, he apparently was last time we looked had a major property in the Russian occupied part of Ukraine called Kr- Crimea. So it's interesting to talk to Tom Watson. Uh, former deputy leader of the Labour Party, who was on your weekly politics show, great show, fantastic listen. Uh, He mentioned, you mentioned this issue of the Lebedevs and Johnson. He said, well, you know, maybe they weren't close to Putin. There definitely was a time when they weren't. But it looks like, as a lot of oligarchs did eight years ago, some started falling out of windows, some started, you know, disappearing or having heart attacks. So they came around to Putin's way of seeing things. What has been established and not denied, I think kind of confirmed by the Foreign Office, is by Paul uh, Paul Caromio-Galitha on his Tortoise podcast, that at that meeting in 2018, he offered to Johnson and Alexander to set up a back channel to Putin. So that's pretty serious. This is just after a hostile, but not the first, Polonian on the streets of London, to attack a British citizen, Litvinenko, Alexander Litvinenko, killed by radioactive material polonium. But here we go. We are in the weeks after a nerve agent attack on British store, which inadvertently kills a British citizen and nearly kills a Russian distant and his daughter. And he is at a villa, which is regularly attended. I've never been to these parties, by the way, but I've spoken to people who have. They are fairly wild. Let's put it that way. That's all I'll say. They are, you know, they are fun. He goes there without a foreign office, a security detail, advisor. It's not registered in the weeks after this serious attack on British soil, and he's the foreign secretary for much less. John Perfumo resigned in 1963. It's a huge scandal in that there was the defence minister who happened not had an affair with somebody else was having an affair with a Soviet attache. Of course, it was in the middle of the Cold War, Cuban Missile Crisis. This was after Scripple attack, after Putin had invaded Ukraine for the first time in 2014. I'm amazed it's been swept under the carpet. I'm amazed it's taken so long for us to get an answer.
1: I mean, Peter, you are talking there about uh, perfume, but then there's a sort of more recent example Priti Patel, who met with Israeli officials for unauthorised meetings with, without her, her, her advisor at the time, and she was sacked by Theresa May for, for doing so. There's quite a sort of strong parallel there with what with what Johnson did, having these unauthorised meetings, as, as you say, when he was Foreign Secretary in, in a position of authority. And for these meeting, that meeting to go ahead without any record, we don't know what was said. This is the first time he's ever really spoken about it. There's been no explicit denial about the, that there's a back channel to Putin. So these are questions that still now haven't been asked and may never be answered because now, of course, Johnson is, is leaving Downing Street and going back to the back benches.
2: I must just add a point to that about that meeting. It was, you know, after he'd flown back from a NATO conference about their response to the scribble. So the thing is, in those situations, in somebody's private house, in a party-like atmosphere, is not just this back-channel to Putin, is what you may say, what indications you may give to somebody who was a former KGB agent and allegedly back close to Putin. It's 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 incredibly worrying. But in the largest context to me, Adam, is the whole saga of Russian clear-cut interference through its state TV channels or remote state TV channels, RT and Sputnik intervening in Brexit that we have. Alexander Tumerko I admit it, you know, he's no wrongdoing, but he's a major Tory donor. And he said to Catherine Belton in Reuters that Johnson was persuaded to go for Brexit to support that one of those two columns to write the one, I'm going for Brexit, by a group of East European businessmen. Now, we've quizzed, tried to find out more, He's clammed up. But it is interesting to note, as Sarah Vine, Michael Goh's former partner, says that Evgeny, Lebedev was at the dinner with her and Michael Gove and Johnson when he decided to go for Brexit. So it, there is this amazingly uninvestigated, you know, the Intelligence Services Committee begged the security, why haven't you looked at the presence of Russian money in British politics, the attempt to influence elections? And here you have a foreign secretary and then the prime minister, who's close to quite a few Eastern European businessmen. And there's been no investigation, even to say, to reassure us, you know, nothing happened.
0: Just to be clear as well, that Evgeny Lebedev, the son of Alexander, was not a former KGB agent. He might argue, well, look, whatever my dad did, whatever my dad was involved in, in his professional life, that's not me. I'm another person. I'm a different person.
2: Well, it's a very fair point. And, you know, the burden of proof is we're talking about meetings with Alexander. Right, not with him. There's been many, as um, you know, Adam has documented brilliantly, many but Evgeny, his man about time, a charismatic figure, lots of friends. Alexander is the KGB agent, but I would say if you look at Evgeny's statements around the annexation of Crimea in 2014, he was quite favourable to that, and so was well. Adam will correct me because I would get this slightly wrong, but during the Brexit campaign, if I recall correctly. Boris Johnson said the annexation of Crimea was the EU's fault. Isn't that right, Adam?
1: Yes, he did. He did. He did imply that. Yes. At the time in last article, in last call, he wrote and he also wrote articles very similar to those written by Evgeny Lebedev at the time. Um, and yes, I think it's fair to say it's fair to point out that, you know, the sins of the father is not the sins of the son. But, you know, it is the case that Lebedev and his father uh, worked closely together as uh, in, in getting the Independent um, and the stand at the time. And correspondence that uh, I've revealed at uh, the Times as well has shown even Lebedev, Lebedev Jr. also boasting of his connections to Russia and ability to raise funds from Russia while Boris Johnson was Mayor of London. So... Yes, of course, he's not. Nobody is suggesting that that Lebedev has that kind of relationship
0: uh, that his father had with the Russian
1: state. But there are certainly questions about how close
0: he is to Moscow and and remains. And indeed, and was appointed to the House of Lords against the advice of Mm. officials, despite concerns being raised, presumably because of these connections.
1: Yes, and Um, those, those, those concerns were raised, we know, with Boris Johnson, and he Argued against them, and those those concerns were subsequently withdrawn by the security services. There was then a vote in the House of Commons for the Prime Minister to reveal the details of the advice that he was given by the security services. He essentially ignored that democratic vote of the House of Commons. The correspondence was not released by the deadline that was set by the by MPs. And when it was eventually released, there was no information there about the advice that he would given by security services. And this week, ministers again refused to confirm exactly what was told to the, the prime minister so there's still a big question about exactly why security services were concerned about lebedev's appointment to the house of lords and there is an ongoing investigation by the, the house of commons intelligence and security committee into this matter as well Could i just add
2: something there adam yes this is unfortunately it fits into a wider picture just to get is entitled by the way Baron of Hampton and Siberia. That required the permission of Vladimir Putin in the second half. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you you know, Adam mentions the Intelligence Services Committee. We saw what happened in that report. I think it was finalised. Dominic Grieve was still the chair sometime in early, late 2018. Then 2019, Johnson sits on it. He doesn't want it released before the election. There is an election. The chairs change. He tries to get Chris Grayling Elected as chair, but he screening fails, and they release this heavily redacted report. I must warn people: it's about other oligarchs. I, it, I don't, as far as I know, there's no suggestion the Lebedevs appear in this report, but other oligarchs do. And it is a pattern of embarrassment or something darker that they try to suppress this. And this is the problem of compromise. The mere fact you are embarrassed that you can't talk about this party where you met a former KGB agent means you have been compromised, even to a small extent.
0: Worth pointing out as well that Evgeny Lebedev. again, there's nothing illegal about this. But our colleague Sam Bright at Byline Times has revealed that he's joined the board of a non-profit enterprise created not by the Russian government in this case but by the Saudi government so he holds a position alongside Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman MBS who according to US intelligence services approved the murder of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi in 2018
2: so it's what's interesting about this it's both a kind of intelligence you are like spy potentially a spy scandal but you know what are those kind of perfumo like stories but it's also a media scandal because the both of them but Evgeny, uh, sorry, alexander since left the board both uh, Lebedevs Lebdevs own quite a big and important media company in this country and we previously reported that they have taking saudi government agency ads they were you know putting them in not very clear sponsored content in the Evening Standard and The Independent. Now, Adam will know this better than me. People would say, well, he may have been a big booster of Johnson, but The Independent's quite independent and you know was a bit of a Remainer paper. And people read the ideology in some simple way like we might do with The Telegraph or The Mail or something. But Adam, you can ask, isn't it right that whatever the political position as regards to Brexit or uh, any particular other party issue or political issue, they or the standard has always supported Boris Johnson.
1: Oh yes, I mean, ever since he first ran for mayor, Evening Standard has long been a strong supporter of Johnson, and and has continued to be be so. And that was the basis of the relationship formed between Johnson and Lebedev. Uh, Johnson wrote to Lebedev um, early, very early on in his uh, mayoralty in two thousand and eight, uh, and suggested a meeting. They met many times over that period and became close friends. Johnson doesn't have many friends in politics or in life, but uh, Evening Lebedev is certainly one of those, which could help to suggest why he seems to have bent the rules or at the very least put a lot of pressure on to get him his, his peerage in the House of Lords, which is worth saying he has not made use of. He has not actually given a, a full speech actually inside the chamber of the House of Lords to date beyond his uh, initial sort of maiden speech, which was done via Zoom. So uh, he certainly, that relationship certainly remains close, despite all of the things that we've been we've been talking about today.
0: Fascinating stuff. Thank you both. Adam Bienkoff, the Byline Times political and Westminster editor. Thank you also to Peter Jukes, our executive editor. Really interesting stuff that I think may yet have a way to go. Good luck to any investigative journalists, including Adam, who are on the trail of that. I'm Adrian Goldberg. This has been the Byline Times podcast, funded by subscriptions to the Byline Times. Get details of how to subscribe at our website, bylinetimes.com. That's bylinetimes.com. And don't forget as well to check out the Bylines app on your smartphone, opening up the world of our regional bylines as well. Thanks for listening. See you next time.